Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening, my next guest is the mother of two preteen daughters and a wife of one, business owner of a Jimmy John's franchise for three years, cake baker extraordinary. Ex- Extraordinaire, I can speak, I promise. Mm-hmm. And a recent contestant and medalist in two recent shows at the National Physique Committee. And she went from 200 pounds to 140 pounds in six months on a strict keto diet and easily maintained that for four years. Then she changed to counting macros and working out consistently and dropped to 120 pounds. Today, we're talking about the big fat why behind her transformation. Welcome, Marcy Hermanson Nielsen. Thank you. Thanks for being here today. And probably, what was it, a month or so, maybe six weeks ago, you posted some pictures of this transformation that you had made. And hope we don't hear my dog barking in the background. That's the beauty of doing things at home. <laughs> um, and I was blown away by what I saw. But what really intrigued me and wanted to have you on was the mental game that you had to go through to get where you were. So talk a little bit about what, what this competition is, because I'd never heard of it, but maybe it's just for women, and that's why I'd never heard of it, um, and then kind of what you did to get there, and then kind of, we'll just kind of go from there and talk about the why. Um, so the competition is not just for women. It actually is a lot bigger sport for men. Um, it is, so NPC is what people, how we call what we call it but is the national physique committee um there are a few different divisions the one that i did was the bikini category which a lot of people struggle with these shows because they look at it as which i actually had this said to me by some people very close to me but they look at it as I want to do this competition because I want to go stand up on stage in front of a bunch of people in a teeny tiny bikini because they are very, very small. And I want people to tell me, hey, you look awesome. Hey, you're beautiful. And I need that validation. But that's absolutely not what it is. Um, The people who do these shows and who go to these shows, it is 100% a sport. Um, We train for months doing these. Uh, it's not just exercise, it's diet, and it is a very mental competition as well. And so for my division, the bikini division, they are judging on symmetry. They're judging on the um, definition of muscles. There are very specific areas that they're going to focus more on. You need to have your body fat in a certain area because you don't want to be too lean or you're gonna lose points, but you don't wanna be too fluffy is what they'll call it, because you'll lose points for that as well. But then it's the posing as well. So you're gonna have an entire posing routine. There's, for some of the categories, like the men's bodybuilding, they have very specific poses they have to do. Um, In the bikini, there are a whole bunch of them. And so you kind of choose what fits your body the best, what you can do the best. But then you're going to go up and there's usually a panel of judges, five or six judges, and you all walk out with your whole group. And there's 
there could be anywhere from six girls in your group and they separate it by height. So there could be six girls or there could be 50 girls. And then you're gonna stand up there and you all are gonna hold your first pose. And then they're gonna switch you to facing the right or facing the back. And then they'll move all the girls around. And then usually you come back at the end of the evening and you come back on stage again. And that's where they're gonna give you your awards or tell you your placing and kind of go from there. But it is a very, very long process to get to. Very intense. Um, I did a couple sports in high school and this is so different from anything like that that I've done before. But it's so rewarding once you get up there. And that was kind of where this all started for me is about 10 years ago, I had some friends who did these shows and I was, was very interested in it and I was going to do one there, but I ended up plans changed and it just, it didn't work out. So I think I just kind of got to the point where I felt like I'm in my early thirties. And if I'm going to do a show, I, I need to do it now, or I'm going to be too old. It's going to be too much work. And there are people, I mean, they have over 40 years old division, so you could do it older but it's just going to get harder and harder the older you get. So I just kind of felt like this is, this is my chance. I want to get up on stage. I want to win a trophy. I, I want to do this. So that's kind of where this came from. So tell us a little bit about where you were physically before this. Cause that's, so, the, that's the big you know, yes. transformation and, and, you know, maybe the, some of the psychological um, we're dealing with then. Yeah. So for, for me, it kind of, I've always done all right with my weight. I never really had an issue. And then, uh, about my mid twenties, I was diagnosed with PCOS. So polycystic ovarian syndrome. And with that, it is very easy to gain a lot of weight and very hard to lose weight. Most people who have it are just going to be overweight for the rest of their life. It's there's not really medications that do much that can help. Um, it's very different person to person. And so I was kind of frustrated when I got diagnosed with that, but I mean, it doesn't really change anything in my life. It just makes things harder for me that wouldn't be as hard for other people. And then um, when it was actually when we were getting ready to build the house we're in now, so it was uh, close to six years ago now, we sold the house we had and to save money, we decided let's live in a trailer in a campground while we build our house. And we thought it was a great idea. And so we moved into a trailer and tried cooking for a while, but it was difficult in there with a family I'm trying to feed. And so it kind of got to where we were eating out for most of our meals and weren't being very active and I started putting on weight very quickly. And by the time we moved into our house, that's where I was at my heaviest. I was, I was over 200 pounds. I don't know that it was a lot, but I stopped weighing myself once I saw that number. So I don't actually know how heavy I got, but it just was really frustrating. And I think we had been in the house for about six months and, um, we did, I can't remember what it was, but we did something where we were on camera. And when I saw the video and I saw myself, that's when I realized how big I had gotten. Cause I didn't feel like I was at that point. But you, once I, you kind of just get used to seeing yourself and it, you don't, you don't notice it as much. Right. And you buy clothes 
off and on because they get a little tight. So you get a size up and one size isn't, isn't a big deal. And then you don't realize how much it really adds up to be. So once I saw myself, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to make a change. This is crazy. And both sides of my family, both of my parents, their parents have diabetes and it is very common in my family. So it's more a when I'll get it, not if I'll get it. And my mom has always been very healthy. She's always exercised and eaten very well. And she's pre-diabetic. And for a, she actually got to the point where the doctor put her on medicine. And then her doctor is the one that told her about the keto diet, which is really good for diabetics. And so she started that and she didn't really have weight to lose, but she started eating a keto diet. And that is when she went back to pre-diabetic. She's not on medicine anymore. And for her, it's been, it's, it's got to have been seven or eight years now. And she's still in the pre-diabetic phase and probably won't go past that again. Or if she will, it's not going to be for years. And she's in her late fifties now. And so when her doctor put it on that, she's the one that told me and my sisters about it. And we were like, okay, well, it sounds like a good idea. I mean, we may as well try it. My sister actually started a couple months before I did. And she was losing weight very quickly on it and it was working really well. So that's when I decided, when I saw the video of myself and I was like, I need to make a change. I felt like my mom and my sister already were doing this and it seemed very overwhelming at first, but I knew I had to do something. And so that day I decided tomorrow's the day I'm going to start keto. And I sat down and figured out what I needed to do and figured out what I had at home so I could have my food for the next day and then got a shopping list and a meal plan prepared. And from that day is when I went strict keto and I tracked everything I ate and it took, it took about four months to lose the bulk of the weight. And then it was the last two months or so that I dropped down to about 140 and I'm, I'm five, five. So I'm, I'm short, but not super short. And then after, after the six months, I kept eating keto, but I wasn't strict. I wasn't tracking anything. I just kept eating the same way I had been. And it was almost five years. I ate that way and just maintained where I was. So at what point did, so you, at that, at that time, did you, were you considering doing this competition or was that something that came later? So it had crossed my mind. Um, I kind of had given up on it. I am very busy all the time and I didn't feel like I really had time to do it. I wasn't really working out the whole time I did keto. Um, because of all the weight that I lost, I did have a lot of excess skin. And so I made a goal when I first lost the weight and got down to kind of my goal. And I, I decided if I could keep the weight off for two years, then I could get a tummy tuck and I could get rid of that skin and I would be good. But I mean, even when I would lose weight before I'd fluctuate and I'd go up and down. And so that's why I, I told myself it had to be two years. So it actually was three years before I actually went and I got a tummy tuck and got all of that removed. And, um, that's kind of, kind of where that went from there. Is is that the only way, you know, once you stretch your skin out, just, you know, that size, is that the only way to get rid of it? You can't just do it with exercise and diet and 
Right. Your skin only has so much elasticity to it. So when it gets to the point that is that stretched out, it, it wouldn't matter how much weight I lost. I would always have that. It basically was like a bag of skin that just was hanging off of my stomach. And I, luckily my stomach was the only place that I had it. I, my arms and legs didn't get big enough that I had extra, extra skin there, but just had to do the tummy tuck. And it was, it was a little bit of a process. It wasn't that bad. Most women, if you have a baby, you're going to have some muscle separation in your stomach. Um, my babies come very early and are very small. So I was lucky and didn't have that. So most women who get a tummy tuck are going to have to have their muscles sewn back together. And that is usually the hardest part of recovery. So I lucked out there. So all I had was the, the extra skin removed. And then it was after that, it was about six months after that. Um, I decided I was going to start going to the gym and I wanted to start working out and kind I don't kind of had been thinking about a show then, but didn't really do too much at first. And it actually took me quite a while before I got the gym membership that I have now. So I went to a small gym by my house for a little while, but it was very inconsistent. And I just kind of felt like I looked fine. I was doing all right. And so I wasn't too worried about it. And then it actually was a year yesterday that I got my gym membership that I have now. And since I got that membership, that was when I decided I wanted to do a show. And since I got the membership, I have not had a single week that I have worked out less than six days. So even Christmas week, Thanksgiving, with all of COVID going on, the gym shut down. And so I bought a bunch of equipment at home and I have not had one week that I've done less than six days. For you. It's amazing what you can do with just, you know, you don't have to have a full on gym. It's helpful, but I work out in my home with just some few dumbbells and you know, a couple little pieces of equipment, but you can do a lot with that. So how, just in terms of like the dedication and the time, um, we know you don't sleep very much, but <laughs> you, you're basically a single mom because your husband works in the military and he's gone. How yeah. often is he gone? So he's in um, the Air National Guard. So the military doesn't take him away too much. Um, but his actual job is with a construction company that is based out of Texas. So for over a year now, he has not lived at home. He's lived in Texas and Florida. Um, he will come home. So he's supposed to come home about one weekend a month, but usually when he is home, he has his military stuff. So he's gone even when he's home. But then with everything going on with COVID, there was a few months he didn't come home at all. And um, there have been a couple of times we've sent our kids out to see him instead of him coming home because he's been too busy with work. So he really has not been here. And when he is, it's a couple hours in the evening, one or two days a month. So you're a single mom, basically. So yes. how do you, how do you, and you run your own business, you make cakes as a hobby, not just cakes, but phenomenal pieces of art. How do you, how do you um, not become overwhelmed with that? 
So I've always done better when I'm busy. I hate being idle. I hate having nothing to do. So it's worked out well as far as that goes. Um, my kids are, they're 11 and 12, both girls, and they are very well-behaved kids. Um, we, we got lucky with them and they're very responsible and they get home from school and get their chores done and everything they need to do. So that has helped a lot. And I think that was a lot of what made doing the competition now easier as well as they're not these little kids that need all of my attention all of the time. But I also didn't want to prioritize the gym and all of that other stuff over my kids because they're always going to come first. So I think with my job, it was when I first bought my store, it took a lot of time and I was there 60 to 70 hours a week. But at that time, my husband was home, so it wasn't quite as bad. But all of the work I put in then has made it so I don't have to be in my store more than about 25 to 30 hours a week now. So I go to work after the kids go to school. And then I work through lunch a little bit into the afternoon. Sometimes I'll go to the gym when I leave work because it's we share the same parking lot. So it's right there. Sometimes I come home first and I'll do dinner and get everything done with the kids. And then I'll go back to the gym after the kids go to bed. And like you said, I don't sleep very much. I don't sleep more than a few hours a night. I do better when I work out in the evening anyway. So I actually prefer that a lot of the time I'll just come home and spend time with the kids. And I try and do a lot of things where we make a lot of memories and go out and actually do things. And I want my kids to be active as well. So for me, it just, I'm, I'm a list person. I always have lists on my phone of things I need to get done. I usually start my day with a list. This is everything I have going on. If the kids have appointments or they have sports they have to go to, that's going to be on there. If I have big things at work, that's going to be on there. So then as I do everything, I just check it off. And with my lists, I usually have timeframes I'll put in there. So then I know I have to have this done and it needs to be done by this time. Even if it really doesn't matter, if I give myself that time, then I know everything's going to be done. Um, with the cakes, the cakes are a little bit harder because they do take a lot of time. I actually have a wedding cake I'm going to do this uh, weekend. And the wedding cakes, they take anywhere from 10 to 20 hours, depending on how big it is. So those I usually split up into a couple days. But there have been times where I don't sleep and I'll do the cake the entire night and then send the kids to school and go to work the next morning and just keep going with my day. And you don't have a, it doesn't like come back and bite you that you haven't got that sleep. You can still. No, no, I do pretty good. Usually um, there have been times where I'll have to come home after work and I'll take an hour long nap and then I get up and go to the gym and I'm good to go. That is a gift that so many people would love to have. I, I do like that. I don't have to sleep very much, but the time that I do sleep, I hate, I feel like I could get so much more done if I didn't have to sleep. I know it's, it's brutal. It's like hell on earth being tired and having to sleep sometimes, but it is. Um, so the time you spend at the gym now, has that decreased or are you gearing up for another competition or if you were just to kind of maintain what you've built, would you need to, to spend that the same amount of time in the gym or, or less? Um, 
So right now I'm kind of in a maintaining phase. I'm not going to do any more shows this year. I probably will pick up and do a few more next year, but I don't have any planned at the moment. Um, so when I go to the gym, I do weights and cardio most days. I have one day that I only do cardio. Uh, the max cardio I do is an hour, but if I'm doing weights, I only do a half an hour and my weights take 40 minutes to an hour. So the longest time I ever spend at the gym would be two hours a day, but that's pretty rare. It's usually about an hour and a half. And is all this self-governed or do you have a, like a strength or training coach? Um, so I do have a coach I use. Um, it is, she actually is in Australia, so it's all online. Um, we use messengers and we'll talk back and forth. And then she just gives me my program and changes it about every two weeks. I'll get a new program. I actually start a new one today. And then um, she will kind of watch my diet. So I count macros now. I don't do keto anymore. When I started training for the show is when I switched. And she'll kind of adjust my macros weekly based on how everything is going. So I send weekly pictures. Um, a lot of people don't do this and don't like it. And I understand, but for me, it's something that keeps me focused and helps me a lot. I weigh myself every morning and every night so that I know exactly where I am. And it just, I give myself a five pound window I can stay in. So then if I have a day or two that I don't do as well on my macros as I should have, as long as my numbers are staying in that five pound range, I'm, I don't beat myself up about it. So do you have thoughts of turning this into like a career? Were you coaching other people possibly doing this? Just I have, I actually have thought about it a lot and I've started getting kind of getting things ready to do classes to get my personal trainer license and get um, a nutritionist certification. And I, I would love to do that. Just haven't, haven't quite taken those, all the steps yet. Yeah. Among all the other things you got to do. Yeah. Why can't you yeah. fit it in? Come on. You know, I just, I just, I got to get rid of those couple hours of sleep every night. Yeah, Who no. needs that? Um. <laughs> So you mentioned earlier that you had a little bit, a little bit of negative feedback and there, there, there's a phrase or a, an idea about, it's called crabs in the bucket for those that don't know. And it's just when people, if you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket, they will eventually, some of them will start crawling out, trying to get higher, you know, to, to reach greater heights, you know, for say. Mm -hmm. And when one of them does that, the other, there's a few that will try to grab that crab and bring it back into the bucket. And we do that as people. Um, we tend to, if someone around us is achieving great things, we may not even consciously do it, but subconsciously we try to bring them back down to our level because where we're more comfortable. Did you have any of that kind of you know, feedback or you know, people um, reaching out you know, in, in trying to protect you, I guess, for lack of a better term, but I'm saying, why are you doing that? That's shallow. That's all about vanity. Can't you just be happy with where you are? Did you get anything like that? I did. Um, the I expected it. I figured it would come. I think the thing that surprised me the most is the people that it came from 
were some of the people that I was closest to and the people that I did not expect it from. And it, I don't know that I would say it hurt relationships, but it definitely lessened some of the relationships that I have. And then there are other people that I wasn't close to that they were the ones that supported me and would reach out and wanted to know more. And, um, I've, I definitely have gained better relationships and had a lot more positive feedback than the negative. So what was the most surprising thing you heard from someone that was closest to you? Um, I think the most surprising thing and probably because of who it was from was when somebody asked me if I was planning on doing more shows and I told them not this year, but maybe in the future. And their response was good. I'm glad because I don't like seeing you post porn on Facebook. Uh, Softcore porn. Okay. Yes. Wow. That's, uh, and I can, and I can see, especially where we live. Why could go there. But mm-hmm. instead of seeing, wow, that's a, the transformation that you have done is phenomenal. We're not focused on that. Right. Well, and that's been a big thing for me is it is a hard thing to do. And I know a lot of people have struggled trying to do what I've done. And something that has helped me a lot is finding people that have done this and kind of following their journey and seeing what they've done and then seeing their progress And so that's kind of been a big thing for me. And I don't post a lot about it because I know it does bother some people. And I know a lot of people just don't care, but being able to motivate people and know that I inspired people to make a change, that's huge for me. And I mean, that's something that keeps me motivated and pushes me to keep going because I know that there are people that are watching me. Yeah. And that's, you know, if you can inspire even if it's someone maybe not doing exactly what you did but just knowing they need to make a change to make their lives better and seeing what you right. like if you can do that because that's intense what you've done mm-hmm. and mentally you know that is huge and it's it's interesting again there's always going to be crabs i guess that do that right. and i and i i think it's it's a, a feeling of maybe they're threatened by your growth when they know they should be doing, should or could be doing the same thing. And it's easier just mm-hmm. to attack than to say, Hey, looking at, looking inward and saying, what can I do better to make myself, you know, rise to that next level. Right. You know, so, so, so what, you know, what kind of feedback have you got from people that are inspired by that? Are, are they, what are they saying to you? Um, I mean, really just that, that I am an inspiration and I have had a lot of people ask for help with mostly meal planning. Um, I think, I think food is most people's hardest. It's the hardest part. It definitely is for me. I love to eat. I love to cook. I mean, like you said, I bake cakes. I, I love it and I love eating them too. (laughs) And So figuring out the food is what has made the biggest difference for me, but also 
figuring out how I can eat so that I don't feel like I'm missing out. And I don't feel like I'm starving myself or depriving myself of the foods that I love. And that that's actually something that I think my mom has struggled with, with me doing this is she worries that I am starving myself and she thinks that I'm not eating enough. And she has made comments about that, how she feels like it's not healthy and I need to, I need to be careful with this. And she's worried I'm going to teach my girls bad food habits, but I'm eating over 2000 calories every single day. I've never eaten as much as I eat now. And I'm maintaining or even losing weight still. And I mean, like I said, I, I don't live at the gym. I do go six days a week, but an hour to an hour and a half a day, I'm doing something physical instead of sitting at home watching TV like most people do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you were starving yourself, you would look like hell and you don't. Yes. So um, there's definitely yeah. a big difference between people who are starving themselves and then just they have no energy. Yeah, they have no energy. They're all sucking, mm -hmm. sunken. And um, unless you're Photoshopping your pictures, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's working for you. Yep, it's been good. You know, so the, um, this is an amazing story. And what you've done is it's been fascinating to watch. And um, as we wrap this up, is there anything that maybe I haven't asked that you want people to know about this journey you've been on? Um. I think the one thing that it took me a while to realize this, I know a lot of people are always looking for motivation and they're always, I get asked probably more often than anything, how do you stay motivated? I'm not, I have days or even weeks. I have no motivation. I don't want to go to the gym because I would rather sit home. I'd rather do crafts with my girls. We love doing stuff like that. I would rather... I'd rather sit down and watch TV, but the motivation is not what keeps me going. It's the self-discipline. And once I realized that I am in control of myself and I make the decision every single day, that's what made the biggest difference for me. I can go into the kitchen and I mean, I, we still have treats in our house and I can go in and see something and want it, but I make the conscious choice to not because I... I know the consequences later and it, it definitely did take some time to really work on the self-discipline, but that is, that is the key. That's what does it, not the motivation. There are so many things that are going to affect your motivation, even just waking up and not feeling well, but you still have the choice to make and you still are in control of yourself and your actions. The, the, you know, the food discipline, which is something I struggle with all the time. Mm -hmm. Notes in my, in my pantry saying, Brian, you are not hungry. Your brain is tricking you. Go to bed. Uh -huh. I still get cravings sometimes that wake me up in the middle of the night. So it's a constant battle. But if I cave, it's not the physical, you know, that the psychological that, oh, crap, I was weak. I had a weak moment and I caved. So it's more of a psychological damage than it is physical. Absolutely. I actually had a good friend, somebody that you know as well. Um, he said this to me, and this was 
probably a couple of years ago, but we were talking about diet and kind of how to control yourself when you have that kind of thing. And he told me that as an example, he would be at the grocery store waiting in line to pay and he'll see a Twix sitting there and he wants to buy the Twix, but he'll in his mind, think about him opening it and eating it and it's delicious and he loves it, but he knows as soon as it's gone, he can think about those feelings he's going to have and the guilt he's going to have. And just standing there thinking about that for just a couple seconds is enough. You can stop yourself and you can be like, no, I don't want that because that's how I am. When I do have those weak moments and I do cave in and I eat something or I overeat something, I feel terrible after and I hate it and I'm mad at myself. And if I just think about that before, it's going to stop me because I don't want to have those feelings. I'd rather wish I ate the candy and crave it than feel like crap after. Yeah. It's that battle with the gray matter is the tough. You talk about motivation and there's a a book um, by Mel Robbins called the five second rule. I don't know if you've ever read it. I have. And well, then where she says, one of the things she said was, guess what? You're never going to feel like it. You're never going to feel like getting up out of bed. It's always going to be hard. You just have to give yourself count down that five seconds and just get up and do it because you'll never feel like it. And I've been getting up at four, four thirty in the morning for the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. Struggle every time. It is <laughs> easier. It's just like, you just got to do it because you know, building up those habits and making it, you know, otherwise it, you, know, you can't wait for that feeling to come and make you do it. So we we'd never get anything done. Right. And I think that's where my list comes from, where I put my, my times on it is I know I have to have this done at this time. This is the time I allowed myself. And it's not a choice of I am going to do, it or I'm not going to do it in this time. It's, it has to be done. And I just don't give myself the option. Do you get fired if you, if you don't do it? Yep. I would fire myself. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, Marcy, thank you so much. Uh, This has been eye-opening and inspiring to me. And I hope there's someone out there listening that, that gets a little bit from it and and can take it into their own world and make their, their own lives better. So I I really appreciate you you coming on sharing the story. It's been fascinating to watch and look forward to seeing more of it. Perfect. I hope there's a lot more to come. Thank you again for listening to the Parish the Thought Show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at briankeithparish.com feedback. If you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us. 